This is an ABC podcast. Uh, we're talking about moving in with a partner for this episode. Yes. I have never done it, Pip, but you currently live with your partner. Yes, we've been living together for a couple of years now and it's been going good. We actually are quite compatible in the house, but it doesn't happen for everyone, which is why it's so scary to make that step. I feel like it's a thing that young people are doing at the moment. And we spoke to people in the office about it because we were like, vibes, every time we do a topic, we're like, okay, it's like a little Petri dish <laughs> where you kind of do a bit of an experiment around the office and you go, thoughts, vibes, what's everyone feeling? Yeah, the main question was like, when is it the right time? And we spoke to Conchetta and she was actually really excited that we're doing this topic because especially for people who are from a different cultural background, that question is so hard to answer. I feel like this is such a helpful thing to talk about, like, because me, I grew up WOG and my parents, like, I just knew growing up, I wasn't supposed to move out with any partner until I got married. But I would always, you know, in my head, I'm like, the more normal thing is you move out before you get married. And then eventually I did. But I had that whole thing of like, is this right? And you look to other couples, but like, you can't really compare. This is like a a really good thing to look at to help people. So yeah, in this episode, obviously it's going to be different for everyone, especially different cultural backgrounds. But we do want to try and answer How do you know when is the right time? And you need to think about so many things before taking that plunge. So we're going to address all of that, especially how it can change your relationship once you sign the lease. Okay, so you know how this works. Every time we do a topic, an episode, we always ask you for your thoughts. And we put it up on our Instagram this week, at Triple Day The Hookup. And boy, did you guys have some horror stories of moving in with a partner. So in 2020, a partner coerced me into moving in together um, at a time that I really wasn't ready to be moved in with. The stress of COVID, the lack of income coming in and the pure laziness from that individual made me move out after a week. So, yeah. I met somebody and after about five months, my lease was ending and... He offered me to move in, so I moved in and then he was um, away for work quite a bit in other states and so while he was away, he asked me to look after like his house and he had a property and bees and so I did that because I loved him and I was sort of managing 20, 20 beehives and while I was basically being his housekeeper and looking after his property, he had other girls. He was dating in another state and... Um, they, they thought he had a different name. He was using a different personality for them. And, yeah, when, he, when I found out and asked about it, he basically said, get over it or get out. So <gasps> I got out, but <laughs> was essentially a housekeeper, I guess, while he had his, his other girls. Okay, they're moving out in a week. <laughs> I've actually seen friends do that. They've been together for years. They moved into a house. Literally a week later, they broke up and moved out. I feel like it either makes or breaks a relationship. And obviously, we had a lot of people with really amazing positive stories as well, which you'll hear in this episode. But yeah, it can go really badly. Yeah, but there are lots of reasons why people want to do this. And we spoke to couples therapist Helen and Sean, who are also a couple, and they had some really good thoughts. You know, I think there's lots of different motivations as to why kind of people move in together. But let's start with the nice one first. Maybe they're in love, you know, and they can really see the person as a really good companion and somebody they can kind of like join and and, and start planning a life together. Um, It doesn't even have to be a set out life. It could just be even like a short term, like I envisage myself living with my partner and this is what life would look like. So it's like 
it's it's a next step people move in together because they want their relationship to kind of i guess you know go go to a stage where they can cohabitate where they've, they've got a partner like a genuine life partner essentially might be like a convenience aspect your leases might be coming to an end and so practicalities of finances I think on a more negative side maybe some kind of individuals insecurities might drive it a little bit maybe wanting to kind of lock this thing down to get some certainty around it which has its red flags obviously yeah. or financially um, as well yeah like being more motivated by saving money rather than the relationship, which is not a great reason. Really interesting that Sean reckons that money saving is a bad idea because I feel like that's the number one motivation for us at the moment and everyone that we like chat to and our friends and, and you listening because we've just gone th- through three years of a pandemic. Like yeah. it is fucking hard to live right now. It is brutal right now. Like lettuce costs $5 a head, you know. Cozzy Lives is constantly on my mind. I don't know about you, but like for me – I'm like always thinking about it. And like you were saying, every party I go to, like every social gathering, someone's being like, oh, yeah, my rent got hiked up 200 a week, which is outrageous. But it's a crisis that we're living through. And I think, you know, with Sean saying, if you're thinking of doing this for financial reasons, don't. It's kind of a good point because I feel like why not just move in with your friends and make a share house? Living in a share house is a wonderful experience and you learn so much about living with other people that way. But I think you you put the, yeah, the risk is rushing it and not really knowing this person and knowing that this relationship is going to be healthy for you to jump straight in there. You haven't had a chance to to really feel out the boundaries in the relationship and you haven't had a chance to establish what you think um, is kind of a good good boundaries in the relationship and, and what your partner does and kind of really work out what they are. So if you rush straight into it, like there's a good chance as well. Like you don't want to be rebelling against each other. You don't want to kind of be wearing resentments and stuff like that. Because it is that universal idea that it's the next step. So it's going to bring expectations. But if you're just doing it for like more for financial convenience, then like at least one party might not want to like live up to those other expectations. Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like then you're just fast tracking the relationship, right? Because it progresses so quickly once you're living together into like a different vibe than just casually dating or, you know, seeing each other a couple of times a week. So it is kind of a risk that you probably want to weigh up, right? If you are seriously thinking about taking a relationship to the next level. And you know what? Sean actually had a really good analogy for this, D. Um, it was kind of called like the nest analogy. Think about a nest analogy when you're not living together. You've got two nests. You've got a nest each. When you're seeing each other, you can fly away any time and just kind of move to, to back to your own nest. So it's almost like there's an escape route whenever you need. The commitment kind of bonds aren't as strong and the practical bonds aren't as strong. So when you're moving in together, you're kind of agreeing that you now have a mutual nest. And when you do that, you don't have an escape as easy. You know, you're committing to having a more sturdy, robust relationship. If you conflict, you can't just fly away and go to your own nest you have to actually, you could fly away, but you have to kind of come back. And it's, it's, it's a commitment to saying, we're going to ride some of the highs and lows together here. Yeah, we actually heard from Matt about this. He met his partner on Tinder. They moved in together during lockdown. And for the most part, it was all good. They're still really happy together. But of course, you're going to have fights with your partner. And in those moments, he was like, I can't even leave. I can't escape these issues. If we wanted to leave, we couldn't really anyways, so you'd get to the front door. I'm sure there was a couple of times where we're like, nah, I'm out, I'm done. And then you go, 
can't really leave. I might just see if we can we can work through this, and um, that's what we did. And we're still together, probably a year and a half later, and going strong. Okay, so we did say in this episode we really want to answer the question: When actually is the right time to move in together? And when we posted about it on our Instagram, so many of you said, "I moved in with my partner after a day, a night." Even a couple of minutes, people were like, yep, grind a hookup, come on in, and then they never left. They never left. And the reason why is they said, when you know, you know. Which we want to call bullshit on. Because what does that even feel like? People and I don't understand. Like, I just, when people say, oh, trust me, trust me, when you know, you just no. know. I'm like, I have never <laughs> known what it feels like to know that you just know. Dude's like, I've never had one iota of known what is, in this what knowing is, known. How do people just know? How do you know? Is it because we haven't known that we know that we know, so we don't know what it feels like to know when you know when you know? I think that's <laughs> And you know what? Also, I hate this. Scott from Cairns said that if you know, you know, and if you don't know, then they're not the one, which I hate. Which is awful for anyone who's like, okay, well, if I don't know, then I guess I'm not meant to be with them. Well, I guess we should just break up right now. we're done. Because in a minute's time, I didn't know that I knew that I knew that you were the one. It's actually hurting my brain. (laughs) I hate it. I'm trying to think about like when I decided to move in with my partner, I definitely think I was going into the unknown like I don't think I was like I know I feel I like know that's normal I babe I think that's normal like I had reservations we're still good but like you know <laughs> I don't know no no I do know no, no we I don't know. know okay hold on let's just reel it in I know we're having an existential crisis but we need to keep going <laughs> when is the right time we actually had so many of you deluded sickos tell us that you moved in after Mere minutes, a day, a couple of hours, and it still worked for you. Like Joe. Basically, with my ex girlfriend, um, we she moved in with me the first day we met. <laughs> <gasps> Essentially, she was from Finland and had just come to Australia. Um, we met the first day she actually arrived in the country, and um, we just hit it off. And so she, you know, stayed at mine, and you know, ended up staying at mine the next night, and then the next day, and you know, she was paying for a hostel at the same time, and I don't know, we were both just like into each other, and so it sort of just dawned. I was like, look, you're paying for a hostel, why don't you just make my place a bit of a base, and um, you know, stay with me until you figure it out, find your own place, yada yada. Basically, fast forward a year. Oh my god! <laughs> and she lived with me the whole time, and it was epic. It was like such a amazing little love bubble, you know, when you're in that kind of infancy of like a relationship, you can't get enough of each other, and you know, it can go sort of one way or another by the sounds of things. But um, yeah, no, I just I. Absolutely no regrets on that front. And we also heard from Wade, who said it only took him eight minutes from a grinder hookup to eight years no. of bliss. No. Can't believe it. No. <laughs> we had our first date at my house. He came over. He realized that I was an art collector and he was an artist. And we ended up staying up till 4 a.m. watching all kinds of random art documentaries and the Banksy documentary. He moved in that night. He never left, and it's been eight, eight years and three months, and I've never been happier. I feel like they are the exception to the rule. Yes. They're the 1% out of the 99%, so let's shut to the experts. <laughs> let's go back to Helen and Sean on when they think is the right time to move in together. Look, that's such a good question, but uh, it might not be the same for everyone. 
So there might not be a specific exact time where, yes, it's the right time. I think there's a lot of factors involved. And part of it is definitely thinking about reflecting upon how much, what are you kind of thinking about this relationship moving forward? Um, is it something you want to see to continue in your lives? You know, also, do we have similar things in common, like how our lifestyles kind of connecting there? Do we have the same vision for our futures? I think all of these things are really important factors for working out. Is, is this a good move for me? Another good thing to keep in mind is, are you in the honeymoon phase? If you're in the honeymoon phase, you know, I think we, we feel like it's not a great time to move in. When you're kind of coming out of that, that's a good time to start to talk about it. When you've kind of actually had an opportunity to see all facets of the other person's personality. And you're not going to get that in a few months. That's a reality mm. of it. I mean, this is kind of the crux of it, right? Like, this is so true. The honeymoon period, like, just makes you a delusional babe. And, like, take off those rose-colored glasses and see it for what it really is. Because sometimes you even fall in love with somebody for something and initially you're like, I love that about them. They're so chill. Like they're so vibey. And then like you might move in with them and then you're like, they never do any chores. Oh, 100%. Like pick up the broom. Also your brain, the place in your brain that falls in love with someone in the honeymoon period is literally the same part of your brain that's addicted to drugs. That actually does make a lot of sense. I mean, there's a lot of chemicals and mm. synapses firing up there. But yeah, you know, Helen and Sean like kind of agree with this. Like for the rest of us, us 99%. <laughs> It actually can be pretty risky to shack up too soon. It's really dangerous moving in that soon. And I think until, like Sean was saying, if you're in that honeymoon phase, if you're loved up and everything's amazing, you shouldn't be moving in together because you're pretty much in a state of idealising your partner. You might not actually know what is there. You're kind of thinking this is amazing, this is what I've got, but you might not actually have that. So, you know, the honeymoon phase, you know, in terms of time, goes for at least three to six months. So we want to kind of come out of that to the point of, do we really know each other? Can I actually be myself with this person? Can I freely express my feelings, my views? And, and is it safe to do yeah. so? And you're not going to get that until your relationship's matured. It, it's kind of like if you're still being the cool guy or the cool girl, yeah. you're not probably ready to move in yet. You're going to kind of be more yourself the honeymoon period the bit of the beginning when you're dating and you're getting to know each other that is the best in my eyes it's not for everyone some people love the like living together being a couple nesting nesting whatever yeah. for my in my eyes i'm like that's the most exciting the best part of the whole relationship and when you're together for ages you look back at that part and you're like oh, remember when we used to go to the movies and hold hands and, and then we would drive separate ways home it was and then so i would good. miss you and it was so good that's it like if it ain't broke don't fix it and don't jeopardize the relationship by rushing that period because you might not ever get that period back again. So think about it like that. There are ways, though, that you can trial a move, a move in together. Oh, totally. Like travelling. Yeah, like travelling's a huge one. That's something that Helen and Sean reckon you could do to test the waters. Travelling's a really good trial run. As we are kind of talking about before, the honeymoon phase, we're all got to be gloss on this when we're in the honeymoon phase. You need to see your partner without the gloss. And traveling's not a bad trial run. If you go for a little bit of an extended time, even just a couple of weeks spending 24-7 together is a really good way to have that experience. If you could do a trial run in theory, that'd be great. But I think practically it's quite hard to do. Okay, so say you've taken Helen Ashan's advice, you're out of the honeymoon period, so on average, that's three to six months, I mean, different for everyone, and you both reckon you're ready emotionally, but are you ready 
in every other sense. Yeah, like we're talking about the practical things. And Helen and Sean say that you've got to have a chat about those things before you even think about signing a lease. So there's lots of things to start talking about. And it doesn't mean it's, you know, next step you're moving in together. But things like lifestyles, like what, what kind of routines do you have in place? You know, even things like do you go to bed early or late, all these kind of things. Um, the big one is finances as well. So how's it going to practically look? Are you going to be splitting the rent? Are you splitting bills? Do you have any hidden away debts that you haven't really revealed to your partner, which is really important because we can be kind of sideswiped with those as well. All of a sudden they can't afford the bills because they're paying off this credit card debt. With the lifestyle one, I think that's a big one. Uh, some people when they move in together have a bit of a different expectation that life might shift, you know, it might shift to maybe a uh, a different type of a lifestyle where one partner might not think that. So classic, like if you still into staying up late with your friends and, mm-hmm. you know, you want to do that multiple times a week, but your partner wants to be in bed by 9 p.m. with a book to be up at 6 the next day, um, those sorts of things are going to really create resentment from both sides. So it's mm-hmm. good to kind of iron out what's the expectations, what are some of their ground rules. So, Dee, we actually spoke to our friends Bridget and Oscar about this because they moved in together nine months into their relationship, which I felt like was pretty quick. Yeah, but they did everything really quickly. They fell in love really quick. They spent heaps of time very quickly together. Like, their relationship just moved so quickly that when they did move in together, we're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and it was also kind of like circumstance. Their leases were up. They really didn't want to sign a year lease, and it was just like, let's just do it, pull the trigger. We'll see how it goes. Mm. And it's been going really well, but, you know, There were some surprises that they talked about, like that they didn't realize just really small, dumb domestic things that you only find out when you live with somebody. I'm not sure if it's a surprise as such, but, or maybe it is. Oscar really likes the fan and having an air con, like he likes cool breeze blasting on him at nighttime. So I think that's been an adjustment for me is getting used to the bedroom becoming a freezer room and just having a fan or the split system on blast. Yeah, I'm a hot sleeper. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I don't mind white noise in the background. So yeah. when I used to sleep by myself or you know, stayed at my house and you're at yours, I would have like a video on in the background, a music on in the background. Oh, and yeah, you like falling so asleep I, to um, Friends or Big Bang Theory. Yeah, something. yeah, something like that. So... That's part of it. Plus, I'm a hot sleeper, so I enjoy the fan. Oh, I hope they're moisturizing, honestly. I could never have the fan on continuously. It dries the fuck out of my face. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so like Bridget and Oscar, a lot of people are probably renting, but there are some people that came to us in the DMs saying that they're thinking about buying and like maybe you've had a decent wage or an inheritance or whatever it is. You're like, I want to buy a place and pay a mortgage rather than rent with your partner. There is so much to consider if you're going down this path, even down to the way that you like decorate your space. Say you're the owner of the house. If you're renting, like maybe that's a discussion for both parties, right? But say you're the owner or you've got a mortgage on the house or the unit or whatever it might be. If you're the type of person that can welcome in your partner and say, what is mine is, is yours, I think it's okay. But if you're feeling a little bit protective of it, you know, financially or like even more so like, the the way it's decorated and the furniture and the way you like to do things, it might just be better to just leave that and go get something new, like whether you rent that place out and go and rent together or something like that. Because it can be really hard for the party coming in if they feel like it's not their house. They might never quite feel settled, especially if that other partner is giving those vibes off. 
Yeah, and a lot of you got in touch with us saying that this happened to you. You moved in with your partner who owned the property. You started paying rent. And basically, when you broke up, you were helping them pay off their mortgage, but you got nothing out of the situation and you were kind of starting from square one again. Completely. And yeah, if you're renting again, like a lot of you saying, like just a lot of tears, a lot of financial worries because you had to break the bond, uh, because you had to break the lease. And then it's just like all that drama of the money it can cost you a lot in the wallet. So yeah, that's why Helen and Sean do recommend getting some legal advice before committing, especially if one person owns a property. It's really important to get legal advice around it. From our point of view, I guess what we talk about is trying to express your feelings open, your, your concerns and your feelings openly about it. You know what's going on in your mind in regards to that. That's what people struggle to do. For example, I don't want you to have any ownership on this. Can we work out a way to do that? It's an awkward conversation. So express how you feel and then get the right legal kind of advice, I think. Okay, so when my friends are thinking about moving in with a partner, I always just like warn them and be like, look, the dynamic is going to change. Whether it's like you learn all the gross habits or you have less affection for each other or even maybe your intimate sex life changes. And I would say it does, right? We spoke to Bridget and Oscar about this um, and purely because of their different schedules, yeah, their sex life did change a little bit. I think the one change regarding our sex life is and I'm more than happy to say that I prefer having sex in the morning. I'm a morning sex kind of girly. And we probably don't do that as much now because our schedules have changed. So you're working, you know, a more corporate job when you're you're required to get up earlier and be at the office by like 8.30 or whatever. And I am definitely still in bed when you leave, but I don't like kind of getting up or waking up that early. I'm not horny at that time. I'm like a 9am. You're not functioning on. at all at that time. <laughs> I know that their sex life is absolutely fine and popping because I had a sleepover. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> In the spare room. Um, but yeah, like Pete was saying, things will change. The relationship will change. You might get a bit more comfortable. Helen and Sean have some really good points on this as well about how intimacy can change, but it can also be for the better. I think dynamic will change. and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And if you're in a healthy relationship, it's actually going to get even better. So the benefits of a long-term committed relationship, there's a long list of them. And so it, it kind of moves into the phase of mutual support mutual care and partnership essentially so you you know you're working more as a team now and I think that that's a really lovely thing to kind of happen and it's even a little bit more intimate you can't hide when you're living together and that can be a bit confronting but it's also sweet like you start to really see each other for who they are and if you're communicating and having some fun together with it then it can actually take the relationship to a really nice place. The reality is you're seeing the person 24-7 and it is very, in inverted commas, intimate. So how they kind of like look after the bathroom, if they're messy, um, if they do the dishes, these little things are going to clash. It's going to be an adjustment period. You know, the, the more either parties have to adjust, the harder it is. Like if you kind of got similar standards and similar kind of agreed kind of positions and the way you want things to run, it's a lot smoother. And I think talking about that kind of like the familiarity that you will get, it just means you have to work a little bit harder for the mystery. 
um, and their excitement. So that's the risk too, is that you become kind of complacent. That you, like the risk is you'll turn into housemates, which housemates are great fun, you know, to hang out with, drink with and watch TV with, but you want something a little bit different with your partner. So I think it just means there's a, it's once you're in there living together, it doesn't mean you stop the work that goes into it. Very that. Pip's having a very that moment at the moment. What do you mean for the last six months I've been having a very that? Or she says when you are having like a full serious chat, you know, when someone's not listening, she just goes, very that. And I go, (laughs) I just told you that. I don't know. My cat died. Not really. Deep, dark secret. And she's just like, very that. And I'm like, you're not listening. It's even just like, hey, this chicken salad's really good. Very that. Very that. I'm like, it's not very that. that. It's not very that. (laughs) Sometimes it's not very that. But this time it was. was very Anyway, look, we actually had a listener get in touch with us, um, Jessie, saying that her move-in experience was really difficult because she wasn't seeing her and her partner as a team. And I think you do really need to reframe your idea of that. And I honestly could take a note out of this person's book because I struggle with that. I'm like, no, it's got to be 50-50. It's got to be equal, Mm. but not always the case. Us keeping everything individual and kind of staying individual I think was kind of taking away from being in a relationship and not having that mentality of we're together, we're a couple, we're a team. And so it wasn't until maybe two or three years ago when we started having those conversations and and digging deeper in our relationship that we kind of realised it's not me against my own problems and, and me against, you know, doing this. It's us against it. Yeah, I feel like Pip, you and I just needed to hear that. I, yeah, I really I was, did. I was like, Jesse, when I messaged her back, I was like, no, I needed to hear that because yeah. I feel like we we've had this episode before keeping score. Like yes. you and I keep score. So Very that. Sometimes <laughs> shut up. No, but I really <laughs> meant it. <laughs> Sorry. So sometimes things like chores, you know, you need, you need to be a little bit more fluid and mm. adaptable. Someone could be having a really shit day. You need to be there for them. The day that you're having a shit day, they'll be there for you. Sometimes you'll pay for something. They'll pay for something. And you just, that's what it's like to be on the same page and be a team. Yeah, there's ebbs and flows and it can't always be split down the middle. And you can't just have that attitude of like, well, I did this, so you have to do that. It's like, no, you are a team, work as a team, and it's going to just flow so much better. And if you find those conversations really hard to have, the stuff about like, chores and cleanliness and stuff to do with the house obviously have this conversation before you move in together about what you expect from each other but Sam had some really great advice her and her partner basically do this thing where they put on a housemate hat and then have that conversation the way that we're trying to handle it is by doing housemate sidebars where we'd be having a conversation and you you put your housemate hat on and be like okay housemate moment can you please stack the dishwasher or can you, you know, remove the little food bits from the sink after doing the dishes or housemate moment, let's try and wash the sheets more often sort of thing so that we don't make it about our entire relationship and being annoyed at each other, but rather just trying to, you know, do those nitty gritty logistics things and separate it. I think, I think it does work. So you know how we're talking about the office petri dish? Well, this morning uh, someone in the office spoke about how they've been together for four years and their partner wants to move in together, but they don't want to move in yet. They think it's not the right time. Yeah, so if you're listening right now and this is something that you're going through, Helen and Sean say that you just cannot be on the same page enough. Like you really need to have these conversations and 
get real with each other. It needs to be discussed. It needs to be talked about. Like what's actually going on? Is it really early in the relationship? And that there might be one that's kind of more keen to cement the relationship. Or is it quite late in the relationship? You know, we've seen people that have been together for years and one partner's still resistant to moving in. So I think, again, working out what's actually driving the one that wants to move in and what's driving the one that doesn't want to move in. Because there's, I think it's a red flag either way. If it's too soon, we're in danger zone. If it's been a really long time and one wants to move in, like it's okay if you both want to live separately, that's cool. But if there's someone who's keen, there's something else going on yeah. in the mix. I definitely yeah, I agree. It's like a, it's a red flag if one partner doesn't want to move in. Like you've got to start to work out um, the commitment levels from both sides and where you're at. I think that there's this idea that if you move into a place and it doesn't work out, you decide to move out, that it means you have to break up. What but do I'm you like, think of that? I'm like, it doesn't necessarily because what if you rush it? You got you were in the honeymoon phase, you got really excited, you moved in together and you're like, hold on, wait, this is too soon, let's move out. Mm. A lot of people I see break up, but it's like it doesn't necessarily mean you have to break up. I actually have never seen anyone be able to move out and still stay together. Yeah. I think it might be like a point of pride thing because like our society probably expects like if you can't live together, like it ain't going to work. Some people are just maybe not compatible living partners, hence why rich people have two separate bedrooms, <laughs> two whole separate beds. No, that's a whole thing. Like that is a thing. And they work together so well, but it's like, man, some of us can't afford that. Well, Helen and Sean have a bit of a different take. They basically say that if your end goal is to eventually live with this person and you it's not working now, it probably might never work. It's hard. I think if you can't survive living together and that's where your where your vision was, if you're if you have the shared goal of living with your partner, moving forward together in that way and you can't live together, I don't know how much that relationship is going to really survive living separately. But again, it's about what are the factors going on? Why can't you live together? Is it something about the domestic stuff that one person is is not very happy and always resentful? Is it the ones partying all the time? There's a mismatch somewhere. There's got usually a mismatch somewhere where it can't work. If you're getting to a point where you've moved in together um, and both parties have the aspiration of cohabitating with a partner, like that's actually a life goal and you can't, then that usually is like the breakup in the relationship. There's an exception to every rule, obviously. Like if you're going to, if it's that heated, but you really love each other and you're going to move out and you're going to go do like couples therapy, that that's okay. You're working on it to kind of get back together. But the end goal is like in many theories of psychology and family and couples, you don't have like a big break. You have to stay in it to work it out. Of course, short breaks are helpful, especially when it's heated. But like you've got to stay within the system to work it out. And the danger is when you move out of it, you're not staying so much in the relationship system anymore. You can start to live that separate life. Like this whole episode has been about, it's going to be different for everyone. It's mm. going to be so individual. I don't know. I'm the, I'm the type of person who, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to live in separate places, <laughs> separate bedrooms. I'm like, don't come near me. And that's how we'll function for the rest of our lives if that's what happens. But no, I don't know. I think it's going to be so different for everyone. And yeah. we know from doing this podcast that there's people in poly relationships and all different types of dynamics. But mm. yeah, I guess if this is something that's really important to you and for most of society, it, it is what we do. Yeah. It's kind of hard to not as well. Like, if, like coming back to the financial burden of just being alive. 
you kind of do need to like shack up with somebody if you're going to like spend it with the rest of your lives together, have kids, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's important to think about, but I think, yeah, coming back to what you said, it's a very individual thing. Mm-hmm. And also if you can do everything right into the lead up of it, then you might be successful. And a lot of people are. And a lot of you got in touch with us with your hot tips as well. We obviously love having experts on this podcast, but we also love hearing from you about what worked for you and why it's been so successful living together. And here's what you said. When my partner and I decided we were ready to move in together, I knew that I wanted to have separate bedrooms just because I like to have my own space. We had very different work schedules and... Our sleeping patterns were quite different. Our work hours were quite different. So I knew that it wouldn't work sharing a bed every single night because one of our sleeps would get disrupted. So I go into this thinking that it's best to have separate things of equalish value that you each own when moving in together. By me owning one thing and you owning another, it just gives the security of not having to try and decide or split something down the middle or find a secondhand value. It's that if it goes wrong, I'll take what I own and you take what you own. I learned the lesson to never move in with your partner's parents. Definitely move into a neutral space, get your own place together separately. Just basic living styles, we are very different. I'm quite clean, he's quite messy. Um, So I think we just had to find a way to communicate really effectively about the things that we really need in the household. Um, And also I think one thing that I think is important, just finding areas that you can compromise and just complement each other and be a team. Um, So for example, I really need the bed to be made. He doesn't care, but he makes it every day for me if he wakes up second because he knows I care about it. Okay, so when somebody says, hey, I'm thinking about moving in with Bay, should I do it? Should I not? Send them this podcast episode. Absolutely. Very that. Very that. I was <laughs> waiting for that. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was giving you a moment to say it. I was going to, I was giving you the floor. Get on your... the very that train. It's your having a great time. Um, you can TM it. It's your thing. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's been great having all of your opinions and thoughts. Like, honestly, gave us a lot of hope. So many people having these, like, insanely positive stories about moving yeah. in quickly. I'm still dying over the whole, like, eight-minute thing, and if you know, you know. So, uh, no, it does give me hope that one day I might find someone and be like, do you know what? I know that all that I know. When we when we find <laughs> out, we will let you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening. Make sure you uh, join us in conversations and like DMs and everything on Triple J at the Hookup on Instagram. Yeah, and we'll catch you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.